Nexus Church is all about cultivating an authentic Christian community where old and young alike journey with Jesus and are transformed by the gospel. May we be challenged and inspired by the power of His Word. One thing that I love of a morning now that I uh, celebrated my birthday this week and one thing I've discovered is that I like nothing more than a morning stretch <laughs> to get all those creaks and... Uh, yeah. Anyway, so great to see you and uh, special shout out to our dear friends Josh and Aff, little Zinnia Murph, Mercy. And um, I believe there's also another baby in the house, Lockie and Bree got a new fur, fur baby. And uh, so little Sonny, it's just a dog, yeah. Wonderful. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 37, just got four things that I feel that the Lord wants to speak into our hearts tonight. Uh, psalm 37 is a psalm of David and, and he's, he's writing it because he can see people starting to come, become a little bit frustrated with the success of those who are devious. Those who are wicked are starting to get ahead of the game. They're manipulating the numbers, they're climbing the ladder. And, uh, and, so, and so David is writing that their trust is found in something else. Like, like uh, Phil was saying, they're tying their trust onto something else. But your contentment, your passion, your desire, your trust can be found securely, eternally and here on earth in the one that is Jesus Christ. And so if you want to uh, look at Psalm 37, verses 3, we're going to start off. It says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn. Your vindication like the noonday sun. Other translations would say your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways when they carry out their wicked schemes. Pretty much don't look to the left and right. Only look to, to Christ himself. So the first one is trust in the Lord. There's, there's four things that... Uh, that the psalmist here, David, is calling us into trust, delighting, committing, and being still. And they're all found not outside of Christ, but found in him. Not without, but within. Uh, and so I remember that one time I've got a, a bit of a trust story. You know how everyone has a trust story, you know? I think my wife broke somebody's nose at a youth camp once with a trust fall, you know? <laughs> trust went out the window and her forearm whacked some poor lady in the head. Um, <laughs> youth camp, witness 2024. 20, um, and uh, I remember one time a, a group of guys, we went up hiking uh, in the Sunshine Coast hinterland and we're walking up this track and we knew that there was a, a creek that we could cliff dive off into, into the lake or the pond beneath. And, uh, and so it was late at night, um, one of those spontaneous decisions that always gets you into trouble. Um, and, uh, and so it was my turn to jump. And um, 
I was a bit apprehensive about jumping, <clears throat> committing, because I didn't really trust what was going to happen. So I'm asking down below, is it cold? <laughs> is it deep? Can you feel any rocks? Can you shine your torch exactly where I need to jump? And so check, 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 check. And then I hear this voice in my ear, just hurry up already. And I was just like, is that you, Lord? No, it was Nick Wojcik. Um, so I don't know if you know Nick. He's got no arms and no legs. And so you have to carry him everywhere. He's been on Oprah. I signed him up to that deal and all that. But, but I was actually, that's why I was so cautious about jumping is because I had this body attached to me. And he's just like, just get on with it. And we'd come up with a plan that as I jump, just before I'm about to land, I throw him out. And, um, <laughs> and anyway, I'll just pick up the name that I just dropped. But, um, but you had to make sure that you were doing the right thing because, you know, I didn't want to be responsible for anything that would happen, right? Oprah would sue me. But... Um, but I had someone attached to me and I needed to make sure that I trusted the process, trusted what was going to happen, especially when somebody was attached to me, right? Uh, and, and the Lord is calling us to trust him. I had to make sure that the environment was right in order that I land properly. But sometimes we can't see what is happening in front of us. That's why we call it faith. Faith is the substance of things not yet seen. And, uh, and so we need to trust God at his word. Trust God that he is good, that his promises stand forever. When I was 17, I was passionate about hearing the, word, the voice of the Lord. John 10 talks about he is the good shepherd and says that my sheep hear my voice. And I was hearing that, I was just like, Lord, I want to hear your voice. How do you speak? I know you speak through your word. I know that you speak through song and of worship. But I want, you to, I want that intimate relationship where, where I, can, I know your voice. Separate from my own self-talk, separate from emotion, I just want to know that it's you. If you want to know what the voice of the Lord is, there are just a couple of filters. Just make sure it lines up with the word of God. And uh, is it part of God's nature? If it lines up with the Word of God and it's of God's nature, you should press in more to see where it goes. But uh, I was walking one day and I took my wallet out. It wasn't part of a chain. Um, and then a bit of rubbish uh, fell down by my feet. I was aware that the rubbish fell, um, but I went, oh, it's a little bit of rubbish, who cares? And then about 10 metres down, I heard a, a whisper, go back and pick up your rubbish. I went, ah, oh, there's wind. I wouldn't even know where it is. Don't worry about it. Another 10 metres, go pick up your rubbish. I go back going, this is silly. What is going on here? Uh, and then I go back and I unravel the bit of rubbish, picked it up, and it's an old Minty's wrapper. And um, what's the slogan of Minty's? It's times like these. And, um, and, I, and the Lord was using a dirty rubbish minty wrapper to teach me that it's moments like these that this is the, vo the voice of the Lord trying to get attention. And so I went, well, I'm going to press in to 
that and I'm going to learn to filter and to be guided by the voice of the Lord. You know, when it comes to trusting him, we have the word of God, amen? The word of God, his promises are true. In this book, there are so many promises written directly for our hearts, directly for our souls, directly for breakthrough. It says here in Romans 8 that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It says here that there is no separation from Christ alone, that there is no thing that you can go through, no barrier, no blockage that will ever remove the hand and the love of God from your life. It says that you are forgiven by a loving Savior. It says that you can be filled with the Spirit of God, God himself, the God who created the universe, the God who spoke life into very being, wants to speak life into your soul, and he wants to fill you with his Spirit. That's a promise straight from the Word of God. There are promises here that says that we are a new creation, that our old life that was dead to sin is now found alive in Christ. That is a promise that we have. It says that we are an overcomer, that Christ is with you, that we can do all things by His grace and in His plans, and that we can overcome. It says that He looks at the birds of the field and the lilies of the land and says they are clothed with splendor, yet how much more valuable are you than they? So do not worry about tomorrow. These are promises from the Word of God and that we can trust Him and we can step out in faith knowing full well that His plans for us are good not for evil to give us a future and a hope. See, the thing about trusting which is probably one of the opposites of fear is fear is always something that you feel like you have without we always fear things when we feel like we are without things we have a fear of running out of money because we feel like we are without security we have a fear of rejection because we fear that we will be without a partner without love We have a fear of failure because we feel like we will be without success. But every single time that we look at the scriptures, we see a promise from God inviting us to be found not from without, but from within. The Lord is my shepherd. In him I lack no thing. Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament... His prerogative was calling us, beckoning us to understand that we are found in Christ. Over 160 times, he will say that you are found in Christ, that you are in Christ, that you are hidden in Christ, that you walk in Christ, that you are found in Christ, that you are alive in Christ. It's always from within. John 15, the greatest teaching of Jesus, I feel, is when he's, the most intimate teaching of Jesus to us, is is when he's talking about abiding in him, that I am the vine, you are the branches, therefore my life force, my life, my purpose, my plan, my beauty is flowing through you, through the spirit, you're found in him, you're abiding in him. Paul would later go on to say that we are hidden in Christ, hidden with Christ. What does that mean? 
It says here in Colossians, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of the Father. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Hidden with Christ. This has two things. Number one, we, our life, our old carnal nature is now hidden because it's buried in the, in the death and burial of Jesus. And now it's dead And the other one is, it's hidden, we have eternal security because we are found in him. Two meanings to that. You know, I love it what it says in Psalms, that we are found, we we hide in the shadow of his wings. You know, the the tunic, the robe that the the priest would have would would flow down and that have these, um, that have this connection point, I would say, and as you put your arms out, it would create wings. And I love that because it's presence, it's proximity, it's intimacy. And we are, when we are with Christ, we are hidden with Christ. Who's, who's had all these thunderstorms? I've got two little daughters and um, they play up on it, but they get scared of the thunder. And, um, and uh, it was, they were scared, but now they just do it for laughs where they scream and it's just a good excuse to scream and have a bit of a fun time. But they run to me. They run to me thinking like, Daddy, save me. And they run and the closeness of their proximity, it's like they're hiding in my shadow because Daddy will protect me. I need to be close in proximity to to my dad. And and it's, it's this beautiful invitation of the Lord to say, abide with me, trust in me, walk with me, be hidden with me. That's the first one. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Number two, take delight in the Lord. It says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. The desires of your heart. We're at uh, Byron Bay on uh, Friday and um, we were just sitting in the ocean, my wife and I, and, um, and we were just having a, a chat and uh, my wife said to me, isn't it amazing that the God who created this, all of this, the Pacific Ocean, the vastness, the immensity of it all, loves us. And he knows us. And we can know him. That's delighting in the Lord. When was the last time you delighted yourself in the Lord? Where you just looked out and beheld the beauty of the Lord. David would write this, that one thing I seek, one thing that my heart is after, one thing that I desire is that I may dwell in the temple of the Lord and gaze upon the beauty of his face. To gaze upon the beauty. That of all the things that he could do, of all the conquests, of all the ambition, of all the wealth that was afforded him, he said, I have one desire, that I might see the beauty of the Lord, to gaze upon it. That's delighting in the presence of God. To look out and just have this moment where you are enamored and overwhelmed with the wonder, the majesty, the splendor 
of God. But often we focus on the second half of this verse and it can become like a bit of a grab bag scripture where it's just like, and the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. Whatever you've got going on in your heart over there, like the Lord will bless that. And Timothy Keller would say that the heart is like an idol factory, that it's constantly creating these mini gods that we would worship. So we talked about trust. Uh, We can make mini idols about money and relationships and status and popularity and wealth and influence. And these become little idols. And, um, And we say, well, I've got these desires, Lord, and if you could just bless these desires... But that's not what the scripture is inviting us to, into. It's like Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek the kingdom, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. We want the things that are added unto us, but do we want the kingdom? Do we want his presence? We want the complementary bits that come after, but actually it's only found in the Lord. It's a big challenge point for a lot of us, for myself included. Um, but, but the thing here is he's inviting us to delight in him and when we desire him, we will have the right desires through the process of the Holy Spirit and our, placing our gaze onto Jesus. We'll see that the one thing that we desire will become him. The one thing we desire will become aligned to his purpose, his plan. The one thing we'll desire will work out and become part of his kingdom. And, and, and so we want the train, the plane, and the automobile and the notoriety. But if we truly delight in the Lord, the one thing that we will want above all else is the Lord. One thing that I've learnt over my time following Christ since I was about 17 is the best thing about following Jesus is Jesus. <laughs> And I've found the most greatest friends I've ever had, friends that will stay with me for a lifetime. I've had some incredible moments where I've seen people get breakthrough, where I've got breakthrough. I've met my wife in church. I've raised my kids in church. Like, I've seen some beautiful things happen following Jesus. But the greatest thing about following Jesus is Jesus, his presence, his life his nature, his spirit, his freedom, his grace, his word. That's what I love. And this is what David sees, is that when you desire him, you will want to have him more and more and more. And when you desire and you want his purpose, your, his purpose for your life, his good and perfect, acceptable will for your life, you'll realise that your desires will match up with his kingdom purpose and, that, and then everything else will fall into place. Delight yourself. I love C.S. Lewis. I'm sure I would have quoted this quote many times before, but uh, it's just too good. A legend of the faith, C.S. Lewis puts it this way. It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. 
like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. Before we're converted to Christ, we don't think too much of him. I certainly did that. That was my experience. I grew up in church, um, uh, you know, just a uniting church with my family. But I, I saw Jesus and the whole Christian faith as a pretty good moral philosophy for life. I never denied the existence of Jesus, but that's where I left him. Yeah, do you believe in God? Absolutely, yeah, no worries. What does that do to you? No, no, nothing. And so it became a a sort of a a book of bedtime stories and moral philosophy, not the life-changing presence of God, not the one who speaks and life disperses all darkness, not the one who can break into people's lives and turn it upside down, not the one who, who heals, not the one who saves, not the one who can transform. I saw him simply as a moral philosopher. But when we are saved, God opens our eyes to his beauty. And uh, I can't help but just continue to remind myself of when I first met the Lord. Um, As a struggling, insecure, lost, dark-souled little kid. Um, and, uh, And I just... And I found what life I truly desired. You know, and the Lord is calling us to see that there is so much more, so much more for each of our lives. And suddenly we see that God himself is so attractive and so beautiful and so good and so loving and so grace-filled. Psalm 34 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, Then we have, number one, trust in the Lord. Number two, delight in the Lord. Number three, commit your ways to the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteousness reward shine like the noonday sun, your vindication as like the dawn. You know, I mentioned the story about cliff jumping. You get to a point where you have to commit. You know, you would have heard it. Just, Just commit, send it. (laughs) <laughs> commit you're past the point of no return you got to go um do you know the the bible here the word for commit commit your way to the lord the word for commit there means to roll away means to roll what burden you have onto something or somebody else So when it's saying commit your way to the Lord, it's saying whatever burden you are carrying, whatever heaviness is upon you, whatever stone that you cannot lift, roll it towards somebody who will put their shoulder to work and help you roll it away. Man, this isn't that a beautiful thing that when we come to the Lord, we can... Uh, have our burdens, we can have our brokenness. It doesn't need to be this glossy, clean sheet, attractive, wonderful thing. Now we can come to him with burden, we can come to him with brokenness and pain and heartache, suffering, confusion, doubt, but there is a law that says, cast all your anxiety onto me because I care for you. 
I, ha- I care for you so much that my, hev- my shoulders are ready to carry the burden that you couldn't lift on your own. And if you would just pass your burden onto me, I will help roll it away. To roll away is to see that some of these things are too heavy for us to carry alone. So let him worry about your reputation. Let him worry about your bank account. Well, not worry, but let him carry the burden. Let him carry the burden of your pain, of your doubt. Let him carry the burden of your family situation, of your kids, of your health situation, of that thing that just cut across your path and you have no idea what to do with. Let him take the load. And if the team want to join us, because Jesus is well conditioned to rolling away stones. He, he has a good history, a good track record of rolling away stones. He's actually famous for it. He was waiting for that thing to roll away on that third day. He couldn't wait. And he said that when that thing is rolled away, death is now defeated. When that stone is rolled away, shame goes out the door. When, you're, when, when that stone is rolled away, new life is possible. When that stone is rolled away, dreams of the kingdom of God expanding all of the world can take place. When that dream is rolled away, that means the Holy Spirit is going to come and, and move in power in your life and you're going to be a witness to him in all of the world. When that stone is rolled away, you can rise up in freedom. Jesus has a track record of rolling away a stone. And that means that if we are found in him, that means that his story is for your story. And there's power and authority there for you to walk into it. The last one, be still before the Lord. Be still and know the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Being still is not just about zenning out. It's not just about clearing our mind and going into the Byron Bay hinterland um, and going to a retreat for a few days, getting away from all the noise and the chaos. Being still, yes, it is about quietening our heart and our mind, but being still, the word there is also used for like an agitation or an exuberance. Uh, you're on tenterhooks, it's you're writhing. <laughs> you're writhing in, in confident expectation that blessing is going to come. So when you're still before the Lord, it's not just that your mind is gone to a different place and you're avoiding the noise. No, being still is you are confident and you are writhing, your spirit's writhing because you know that the Lord is going to come. His word's going to get spoken. You're going to find peace. There's going to be a word of promise that's going to come your way. The best way I can see this is you know, it's Christmas Day and who's a family who has to take turns when it's someone opening the presents? You know, you don't just do a, you know, a chaotic, here's yours, here's yours, open it up, see what you get. No, everyone has to wait patiently until it's your turn. And you have to be still. You know, you can't complain or anything like that. You just have to be still because you know something good is coming. And that... You're sitting in your couch, but you're writhing on the inside because you're just like, I know what I wanted. 
I had that desire in my heart. I told mum that, you know, that I liked the new Xbox, whatever it might be. And so you, you, you're still, but you, you just, oh, something's going to happen. Being still before the Lord means you're eagerly confident of his presence coming, bringing joy and peace, speaking a word of promise, calming your soul and being found in him. So there's four things that David is asking us to do. Trust, delight, commit, and to be still. Often we want to be, jump to number four, but David is sort of teaching us how to be still before the Lord. We want to jump to number four, but how can we be still before the Lord when we have all these stones that are still taking residence in our heart that we haven't rolled away? How can we be still if we're not really delighting in his presence? How can we be still if we don't trust him? And so David is taking on his, this journey of faith to say, number one, trust in the Lord. He is good on his promise. He is good in nature. His heart is for you. He leads you to safe pasture. He is the good and true shepherd that will never let you fault, never let you fail, stumble, fall, be disgraced. You can trust him. Number two, delight in him. He's the creator of the world. There are so many good things to be delighted by. Look up at the sunset when you drive home tonight. There'll be delight there. And then commit, roll away those burdens. And then you'll find yourself being still before him, realizing that you can trust, realizing that you delight, and you can know that his word, his promise, his presence is going to be in eager confidence coming your way. So where is it some areas that you don't feel like you can trust God with at the moment? Could be in relationships, finances, with your own future, your own identity. Maybe there's some areas there. Number two, when was the last time you delighted in the Lord? Psalm 51 says, return to me the joy of my salvation. You might feel like you're in a bit of a dry desert season. David obviously felt so. He said, return it back. I remember those days where it's just you and me. Out in the field, I was delighting in you, but I've gone dry. There are some things that need to be rolled away. And we have a shepherd. We have a king, a savior, a friend who wants to help remove those stones. You can roll them onto him. He cares for you. We hope this message encouraged or perhaps even challenged you in your Christian faith. Our pastors meet regularly with people to pray and support them, and we extend this invitation to you. Please let us know if we can contact you to offer support. Simply call the office or visit nexuschurch.com.au.